Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome everybody here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, today joined by a good friend of mine. We've been doing this for roughly the same amount of time. Uh, we have taken very similar paths, actually, now. Yeah. You have the Rose Garden Report. I have my thing on Substack. Uh, you are absolutely killing it. That is Sean Hyken. Again, like I said, Rose Garden Report is where you can find him covering the, the, the Blazers. Um, how are you doing? You, 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 you upright? You want I'm to be, good, you, man. You want to lie down? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right, man. I'm just, uh, <laughs> this is, I mean, I, I kind of knew that this month was going to be a lot. I just, you, you, you know, it's just, it's the, it's, <laughs> no. we, do, we do the Nothing same thing. Nothing going on with the team you're covering. We do the same thing every couple of, every few weeks with this stuff, man. I'm, I'm, I am over it. I would, I'll say that I would like with the Dame stuff. I would like to know one way or the other. If he's if he's yeah. if he wants out, do it. Trade him. You know, move forward. Let let me let me figure out how I'm going to cover the team. Let me let live. Me, <laughs> let me let me fully lean into the scoot stuff if that's the direction that they're going to go. But yeah. then I also feel like if he doesn't do it this summer, I kind of never want to hear about it again. I kind of I kind of like I just I just I don't yeah. want to. If he decides not to go, you know, get traded, whatever. I don't want to do this again in a year. I don't want to do this again in two years. Like, do it or don't. That's kind of where I've come down on it. The situation kind of reminds me of Kobe's trade demand. Um, yeah. You know, in, in uh, you know, the year that he 07. was... Oh, seven. Yeah, it was seven written, when he was... I wrote that a couple weeks ago. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, yeah, because... <laughs> well, because remember, the whole thing was he wanted, to be, he wanted to be traded, but he wanted to be traded to a contender, and... I mean, his situation was Chicago. a little bit different because he had a no-trade clause in his contract, which Dame doesn't mm-hmm. have. And he was going to get traded to the Bulls, to, but yeah. Luol Deng was going to have to be in the trade. And Kobe realized that if Luol Deng was coming back in the trade, then they wouldn't be any better than the Lakers team that he wanted to leave. So yeah. he ended up not going through with the trade. And then, obviously, it ended up working out okay for him to stay with the Lakers. That's the part of this that I keep coming back to with the whole situation where like mm-hmm. it's very easy in a vacuum to look at it especially now that they were able to draft scoot henderson with the number three overall pick and if they were to pivot and rebuild you could do a whole lot worse than scoot henderson and Shaden sharp as a starting point yeah. but there's this idea and you hear this kind of parroted on a lot of the national talk shows and a lot of you know different places oh they need to just trade dame for a hall of draft picks young players and rebuild the problem with it 
is that there's no trade out there. The two teams that you hear about him being linked to are the two teams that he supposedly would want to go to are Brooklyn and Miami. And neither of those teams really has anything. Like, you're going to trade Dame for Tyler Hero and two far-out first-round picks. Like, that's not... Like, that would be a fireable offense if Joe Cronin took that deal. Mm -hmm. And Brooklyn, I don't think is... I mean, I guess they have a little bit more as far as draft picks, but, like... There's no trade that but they're a, Phoenix draft picks, and those are like yeah, these are tra- like, draft picks. While yeah, they have it's Kevin not, Durant and Devin not, Booker, no, yeah, like there's no trade out there that's viable, and they're not gonna if they were to trade him, they're not gonna Blake Griffin him and just like send him to L.A. or, or not not to L.A. They I'd send him to Detroit and send him like somewhere he has no interest in going. Yeah, it's just the problem that it's the the problem with it is that like you can say yeah they should trade him for a bunch of picks and young players and rebuild, but that trade is not out there. There's no trade that checks the boxes of being somewhere he would want to go, having enough stuff to trade where Portland isn't trading their all-time franchise-leading scorer who's still in his, you know, as good as he's ever been for pennies on the dollar, and then that team still has enough left over to still be a contender once Dame gets there. And that's always been the thing I've been coming back to where I'm just like, this is, this is why I just, I don't think anything different is going to happen with it this time because there's just, there's... As much as you can look back objectively and say, yeah, it makes sense for both sides to move on, there's no real viable way of doing that. Yeah, and and that's why we find ourselves in this cycle. And, you know, the reason I wanted to talk to you is because I've started to notice fatigue even from people who I follow in the Portland area, right? Steve, Ian, you, um, Eric, and, you know, a lot of the people that I've noticed start to like, I just want a resolution. Let's just like, like one way or the other, let's just get there. And and that was really how I felt about 07 with Kobe, which is like, I understand why he's frustrated. He just, you know, he's been, he averaged 35 points a night and, you know, was a first round elimination. Um, he was dragging Luke Walton and Smush Parker and right. that, that cast of, of misfit toys that, yeah, you knew that that was not going anywhere. I, and, and I understood why he was frustrated and was sick of the Lakers waiting for Andrew Bynum to turn, you know, to, to turn into something that was legit. Now, he did. You know, that year, Bynum really did take a step forward. They and, got two titles out of that run. I mean, I know part yeah. of it was like they went and traded for Pau Gasol and that kind of mm-hmm. swung it, but, you know. Well, I, I remember distinctly, they played a game against Seattle. I think Bynum had like 20 and 10. They beat Seattle back when they had KD, and and it was like a, uh, I think they did, I forget, but like they, they beat that you know still good uh, ish Seattle team, and um, I remember like they asked Kobe after the game, what do you think about like the 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 steps forward that Bynum has taken? Has that got you to like rethink your stance on being wanting to be traded? The Lakers, I think, were above five hundred at that point, and he was like, yeah, no, we're. Why would I want to leave this? This is really fun. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. This is great. And then like a week later, Bynum steps on Lamar Odom's foot, dislocates his kneecap, and then they go out and trade for Powell. Super weird year that year. But the, the reason I bring that up is because like Kobe, and I think a lot of stars see the game this way. Kobe couldn't see a world in which Bynum took that step forward the way that he did that year. And I think a lot of these guys, and you know, for fairly good reason, rookies typically are not you know, yeah. particularly winning players, totally. but like Scoot's really effing good. Like Scoot, if you were to design a, a, a guard mate next to Dame, he's a lot closer, I think, to what, 
you know, you need next to Dame than he's had in, in CJ McCollum and that he had uh, has now in, in Anthony Simons. Then he has, he's a little bit bigger. He's a little bit longer, more athletic. Um, I, I could see a world in which, as the third guard, he steps in and, and Portland surprises some people. And, and I think um, that's kind of the unified front that, that Portland needs to take here. It's like, no, we've sold him on this idea of it. We've seen rookies step in. Uh, Christian Brown just recently. If you, if you make their role nice and narrow, they can be winning players here. And this is the, the, the image that we've sold to, to Dame. But regardless, one way, one way or the other, they, they do need to provide a unified front. And, 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 and I just wanted to ask you, though, about like the notion of, like, have you sensed the same fatigue that I'm noticing? Have you sensed the same fatigue from fans? And like, come on, we can't ride this roller coaster again. I think people have been over it for a while, not over Dame, but I think there's a real, like this cycle happens every year where, and I think Dame does bring some of this on himself. I do get annoyed when, like I'll, I'll get I'll, a, couple, a couple of different times over the course of the past season, there were national writers in town to write profiles of Dame for various yeah. like major national outlets. And I kind of asked them, you know, I'm just in the media room chatting with them before a game or a practice or whatever, and asked them, hey, so, like, what are you doing with this Dane profile? Like, what's your angle? And every single time they'll say, well, you know, it's about how he's, like, loyal to Portland and he's not going and chasing a super team or chasing rings. And I have to, like, restrain myself from visibly rolling my eyes every single time (laughs) I hear that that's the angle that somebody's taking. Because I know... Oh, we're we're, we're singing that song again, huh? Because I know that the way that that's going to go whenever that story comes out is he has the same quote about it that he has in every single one of these interviews that he does. That quote gets picked up by, like, Bleacher Report and Clutch Points and NBA Central and all the aggregators or whatever with, like, the eyes emojis. Yeah. And then the way people react to it on Twitter is, we get it, Dame, you're loyal to Portland. Stop <laughs> talking about it all the time. <laughs> I think part of it is that most people who cover the NBA don't have any creativity, and that's the only thing they know how to ask Dame about. But I also think, and I've been thinking this more and more lately, I used to kind of feel bad for Dame that he just has to keep getting these things, you know, these requests for these interviews. Yeah. I kind of think at this point he would do himself and all of us a lot of favors by starting to say no to more of these requests than he has. I mm. kind of, I kind of think he shouldn't have done that VA, that that Showtime boxing one that blew up a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Probably. I kind of think, I kind of think he should start being like, look, like, I mean, it, and that thing is like, I I know Dame quite well. I he's a you know I I know I've known him for a long time. I've been covering the NBA since his rookie season. I've known I know him very well. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's doing anything calculated by doing these interviews. I think he's a really nice guy and likes to be accommodating to the media. And he's also honest to a fault and doesn't really know how to be a politician and avoid questions. He'll answer a question honestly if you ask him a question, no matter what the context is, which makes him great to cover for me as a beat writer. Yeah. But it also leads to that whoever that guy was that was doing the Showtime interview the other week 
asking him, hey, would you want to go to Miami, Brooklyn, Boston? Like, obviously trying to entrap him into something. Yeah. And Dame just not thinking beyond, oh, yeah, just, Mikhail, like, Bridges right is, into the- <laughs> Mikhail Bridges is my buddy. I want to play with him. Or, you know, Bam Adebayo yeah. is my buddy. I would want to play with him. And then, of course, that gets turned into, oh, he's giving his wish list of trade demands on this boxing show on Showtime. And it just, I feel like we just, we do this every year. And I mean, I think at a certain point, like, I don't know. I, if Dame does end up staying here this summer, next time I see him, I might actually say something to him and just be like, "Dude, could you maybe could you maybe say no to some of these interview requests going forward?" So I don't not have mine, to... not mine, but, but oh no, ones. for sure. But like, I I don't know, man. Like, I just I think everybody is kind of over it. I think you know people like me who cover the team is over it. I'm sick of you know being asked about it on radio hits and stuff. Obviously, I I'm happy to talk about it with you because you you know. You, you, you messaged me a couple days ago asking me if I wanted to do this, and obviously I always come on with you because you're my guy and we've known each other for 10 years. And But I did tell you, I was like, just as a heads up, I'm kind of over it with talking about the Dame stuff. Yeah. And, you, but, and, you said, and you said, no, I actually kind of want to get into how, you yeah. know, the, I, the dynamics of covering it. And I was like, okay, I'm happy to do that. But, like, I have turned down so many podcast requests interview requests just because i'm sick of like i have no new i have no new information about Dane there is and none what's gonna happen what's <laughs> out there right now he <laughs> met with he and his agent aaron goodwin met with joe crone and the blazers general manager yesterday joe put out the statement to me and others that they had a great dialogue and they remain committed to building a winner around dame i've tried to check on it privately from both sides nobody's really saying anything right now one way or the other they're i kind of think both sides beyond that statement that went out which i think it's notable that chris haynes also tweeted that statement mm-hmm. and that if dame's people felt differently or that they weren't on board with it chris haynes would have not done that. yeah when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Oh, so, yeah, that's a good point. The so silence for right, would have been deafening. So mm. for right now, like, things are status quo. I think that, you know, you saw Brian Windhorst had this this morning on one of the, whatever show he was on, that Dame is going to give them free agency to try to do something and put some, get some veterans. And, I mean, I'm kind of with you. I mean, my my opinion doesn't really matter here because I'm not the one making these decisions. It's really mm-hmm. up to Dame at the end of the day what he does or doesn't want to do. But... I kind of don't disagree with you that if they get the right veterans with the, you know some of these trade possibilities or the you know the mid-level exception or whatever it is that they do in free yeah. agency there is a world and especially if Shaden Sharp takes the kind of leap they think he's going to make there is a world where you can do it that way yeah but my understanding is that right now Dame is I, and and here's the other part of it like Dame is a smart guy 
uh, from, I mean, from a lot of standpoints, but also from like a basketball standpoint and from an NBA standpoint, Dame watches a ton of league pass, but he also knows the salary cap very well. He knows the realities of the trade market and stuff very well. And I don't think he felt betrayed or anything when they didn't trade the number three pick on draft night for somebody established because, you know, and this is somebody, this is something that, you know, a big reason why they didn't trade the pick. And this is like, I know that Dame, you know, obviously Dame was just on his vacation and stuff, but like, and so they didn't talk like for like a week or so, but Dame and Joe Cronin talk all the time. Like Dame knows all of this stuff. And basically with the new CBA and how restrictive it is at the top, if you're spending a lot of money, the value of having somebody as talented as whichever of Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller, they were going to end up drafting with the third pick on a rookie scale deal makes it so much easier to do other stuff. And so I think as much as maybe Dame would have preferred that they... Especially in the CBA. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. as much as, like, I think Dame wanted them to trade the pick, and I think there's a very small number of guys that they would have traded the pick for if those guys were available. Like, they, you know, Mikhail Bridges is the one that they went after. That's the guy Dame wants more than anybody. I think that's somebody they would have considered. But Brooklyn, from what I understand, was just completely not open to engaging on it at all. Like, they were just like, we're not trading him. Like, that's just, that mm-hmm. was a non-starter for them. The Zion thing is interesting. Me personally, if it were me making a decision, I would have taken the swing on Zion, even though, you know, you have all the concerns about the health and the work ethic stuff. I think from an upside standpoint, that's if that was on the table, that would have been like a thing to really seriously consider. From what I understand name that he might maybe looks at that and goes like, all right. No, I think Dame would have been on board with that. My yeah. understanding is that New Orleans never actually put Zion on the table. I think they were trying to get Scoot with, like, the 14th pick and future Ingram. picks and Trey Murphy. No, no, no. They weren't. Not even Trey. Ingram? I don't think the Blazers would have been interested in Ingram. Well, I don't think they view him as a... I don't think... I mean, it's a very small list of guys that they... Like, Brandon Ingram is not making you a title contender, whereas a healthy Zion would make you a title contender if that yeah. were to work out. I don't think, like... Unfortunately, that's an oxymoron. Right, I know. But, like, Ingram, Ingram, I would put more in the category of, like, a Zach Levine or a Carl Anthony Towns or, like, it's somebody you could trade for that's a name and has been an all-star a couple of times, but that's not really changing yeah. your world to the point that, uh, that you know, you should give up the number three overall pick for him. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I wrote this yesterday. I don't think anybody's faulting the Blazers front office for going the way they did on draft night, where you have this asset that's honestly too valuable to trade for anything that's, a, that's actually out there. Yeah. And if Scoot Henderson is really as good as people say he's going to be. And I, you know, since that draft pick was made, I have done a lot of, you know, reading and watching and stuff of like all kinds of Scoot stuff. I am pretty convinced that Scoot is like that dude and that Scoot might he's be legit. Like, he might be John Morant without the off court stuff. Like that did you might watch, be. Did you watch the? Because uh, he and, and and Wemby played, right? They played yeah, against did. each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but he like, was I like watched... right there for that challenge. And I was just yeah. like, oh, yeah, this like, guy. Me- like mentality right. wise, like mentality wise, and also like I there was a video of Mike Schmitz, who's now in the Blazers front office, but was a yeah. draft analyst for ESPN for a long time. About a year ago, when he was still at ESPN, he did a. Uh, you know, he does those things with prospects where he like sits down with them and breaks down film. He did yeah. one of those with Scoot that was like 20 minutes of them breaking down his different, you know, tendencies and just listening to Scoot talk about this stuff. Like, I'm just like, okay, yeah. 
this dude works, this dude watches film, this dude, like, has the right attitude and is, like, I, you know, can point out things that he's bad at and needs to get better at and says, this is exactly how I'm working. Like, mentally, like... And is also maybe less interested in IG Live. Yeah, that's, that, there's that part of it, too. And then, like, our, our, our mutual friend Mirren Fader did a story on him on The Ringer yeah. uh, a, cu- a couple, like, a few months ago. And you just, every single thing I've read about Scoot makes me think, okay, this dude is it. Like, this guy is, like, if you, you cannot pass on this dude to trade him for, like, Pascal Siakam or something if you have to yeah. max him out in a year. Like, I totally get why the Blazers did that. But I also understand, and I, you know, I wrote this yesterday, if Dame feels like, you know, I'm Brett Favre and the Packers just drafted Aaron Rodgers. That's kind of yeah, especially how... disposition. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. And that's yeah. a little bit of a different dynamic than what you were talking about with the with the Kobe Bynum thing. It like it's not like Kobe and Andrew Bynum play this like it's not like the it's not like the Lakers yeah. drafted this, you know, scoring two guard who, you know, is very ball dominant and, you know, is gonna encroach on Kobe. You draft you know, you have Kobe and then you drafted a center back when the center position was more valuable you know, at the time than it is now, yeah. like you can say, okay, this guy is raw and he's going to take some time to get there, but at least positionally, it makes some sense. The little bit more of a complicated thing with Damon Scoot is that they play the same position. And yeah. I think the argument for it is that Scoot, and this is the, this is kind of what Joe and Chauncey have been trying to, you know, push at least publicly over the last week since this draft happened that Scoot, because he's been a pro for two years and has been playing in the G League and has been playing against grown men, is not going to take the kind of time that most 19-year-olds take to get the to Luca theory to get to. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of what they're banking on with Scoot. Or honestly, even John Morant his rookie year. I know John mm-hmm. like, played in college and it was a little bit of a different... It wasn't like the same level of competition, but... You know, John Morant was one of the few rookies, especially, you know, rookie guards that, like, I can only think of, like, you know, John Morant or, you know, Dame his rookie year or, like, Derrick Rose his rookie year. There's only a couple of point guards that were that good their rookie year. I think they think that Scoot is going to be impactful right away. And I think it's just a matter of other people whose opinions matter here need to be convinced of that also. But, I mean, depending on what else they do, like... There are still, like, I think Anthony Simons is... Yeah, like, I think... But it's a, it, but there's always been a path. It's just a matter of are they going to be able to, you know, take that path. Like, mm-hmm. they're, you know, the, the Anthony Simons thing is, like, I think that's... If they're going to make any kind of real upgrade, I think if you're not trading, you know, the third pick or Scoot Henderson now that they've drafted him, that's the piece that you have to move. And he's, you know, a young, high-scoring guard who I think still has some upside. He's on a pretty good yeah. contract. That is somebody you might be able to get something for. The Nurkic thing, like, you have to upgrade that spot, but also you're going to probably have to attach something to that contract to get off of it. So I don't know what you're going to be able to do there. But it's like there's a world that exists where, you know, you 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 trade Simons for, like, a starting caliber wing. I don't know who that is. I don't think Toronto really wants to part with OG, but that's sort of the archetype mm-hmm. of the type of guy you want to go after maybe you like sign harrison barnes for the mid-level exception or something and that's enough maybe like and then you try to up you know you there, yeah. there's a path where you can do that and then you have scoot and shaden as like the two young guys in the rotation and the rest of the roster is all veterans and you bring jeremy grant back and that's a way where you know if you're any of these teams like you look at the west outside of denver denver's the one team that 
you know, you can say they just won the title. All those guys are in their primes. There, there's no reason that they're yeah, anybody it's hard would, to get to that level. There's no reason that anybody thinks they're going to fall off next year. I expect Denver to be just as good as they were this year. Like there, there there's yeah. no reason to think otherwise. Especially if they retain uh, Brown. Totally. But even if they don't, mm-hmm. like they, you know, they're still going to like Denver. I think is still going into this season. Denver is still going to be the team to beat in the West. I think that's pretty uncontroversial to say that. Yep. But go down the whole rest of the West. Like, Phoenix just did this Bradley Beal deal. They're pretty top-heavy, and, you know, Durant Mm -hmm. has had trouble staying healthy the last couple of years. So has Beal, and so has Booker. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Golden State, like, those guys, like, I would imagine they're probably going to bring Draymond back. Those are, you know, but those guys are all older. They're kind of at the end of their run, Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing where, like, they're paying so much money, especially, like, I'm not sure how this Chris Paul thing is going to work, but, like, they're paying so much money to their top two or three guys that they're not going to be able to fill out. They're going to have to fill out the rest of the roster with, like, vet min guys, like, so you don't know if, and those guys, like, Draymond and Clay are, you know, both older, so you don't know for sure that that's going to work. The Clippers are never healthy. The Lakers, you know, they, you know, the additions they made to the trade deadline. Yeah, they're in that group, but like LeBron is older and Mm out. AD is still, you know, AD never healthy like <laughs> yeah. you don't know for sure that they're going to be better memphis seemed like they were up and coming but now john morant is going to be suspended for the first 25 games and, and they're going to lose dylan brooks yeah they're going to lose dylan brooks and brandon clark is probably going to be out for the whole year with the achilles yeah. like so they have some question marks dallas is a disaster right now they have luca but like that roster is a complete mess you just mm-hmm. go down the line like Outside of Denver, there's no team that you look at and say that team is definitely going to be a contender. And so if you're Dame and you're Portland, if they add, you know, if they can upgrade a couple of these other spots and a couple of, you know, get some veterans in there and, you know, have a little bit more of a balanced roster that makes sense than what they had last year, it would be very easy for Dame and for like Chauncey Billups and Joe Cronin to talk themselves into, why can't we be this year's Kings and be a three seed? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, that in, in 07, that year starts with Kobe demanding to play on Pluto. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Kobe actually got booed in yeah. the first home game that year. He got booed by... Uh, now, he played so incredibly well that he was getting MVP chance by the end of the game. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but like, uh, he, you know, that, that, that season starts that way, and the Lakers were super surprising. You know, Lamar Odom was starting to kind of, like, fit into a role now that he was, like, the third best player on that team um, instead of the second that, that started to make a little bit more sense for him. And, you know, like I said, Bynum played really, really well to start the year. I think people... I'm going to do the whole Harrison thing. People forget about Bynum, but he was really effing good at the start People of that year. People forget Andrew Bynum was a bucket. Was a bucket. With the steam face you know, with the, with the, Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, but like, uh, you know, it, it, took, it took some early season success. And, you know, we don't have this, the schedule out yet. So maybe even better, like maybe Portland gets an, a, a soft early schedule and they win some games. And now all of a sudden, Dame has talked himself into this. The only thing that, that I would like, and I think you're on the same page with me here. Is like, if that is the path, commit to the path. Yes. I don't want to hear this again. I like we're, we're we're good here. I'm I'm I could not be more with you. And here's and here's the other thing that I think people you know don't think about as much with when they talk about like oh Dame needs to get out of here. Dame needs to go somewhere else. Dame needs to you know get you know go to Miami and you know have a chance to contend whatever. How has that worked out for Russell Westbrook? How yeah. has that worked out for Chris Paul? Like, yeah. once you leave, I mean, you look at, like, you know, Chris Paul, I mean, Russell. Especially like, for point guards. It's good yeah, that like, you mentioned like, two point guards. Yeah, And Dame, you know, Dame made all Lowry. NBA last year. Dame had the best, you know, arguably the, statistically the best year of his career. He looks as good as he ever has. But 
he's gonna be able to you know have unlimited rope in portland to age however he ages because he's their guy if he goes to like let's say he does want to be traded and he ends up in like brooklyn or something if they don't win in the first couple of years it's very easy to see him becoming like you know russell westbrook where it's like oh you know we need to get off his money because he's old and he's injured like and it's going to be almost 60 million. <laughs> it's going to come. It's going to become like that. Or like, like Chris Paul is like one of the five greatest point guards ever to play. And he just got, he's gotten salary dumped the last, like, you know, he, he just got salary dumped Four twice. The last five years. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like Russell Westbrook, you know, he, he go, you know, you know, Oklahoma city. Like they decide that's running. He he's going to sign. He gets traded. He gets traded to Houston and that doesn't really work with hard. And he gets traded to Washington. And like, he actually is pretty good that year, but that team wasn't any good. And they just were kind of, you know, they just kind of let him do his thing. He gets yeah. traded to the Lakers and that's a complete disaster. And then he, yep. they are like, can't wait to get rid of him. Once you leave your original team, that is a possibility that that happens. Like, and that's something yeah. that you run the risk of. And the other thing is also that, the people on first take and all these shows that are screaming about how you need to be rescued from Portland or from wherever, as soon as you do get out and go somewhere else, those people don't care about you anymore. They're going to start talking about now. They're going to immediately, they're immediately going to pivot to like Stephen A. Smith being like, I just, I'm so sad seeing Anthony Edwards in Minnesota. (laughs) Like they're going to immediately just move on to the next guy. They talk about how like, Oh, I feel so bad for Dame. I want him to have a chance to contend, but as soon as he yeah. isn't in the news cycle anymore, they're just going to move on to the next guy. Like, and I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot to be said for that. And I think that's something, I mean, again, I know Dame quite well, and he's a really smart guy. And I know he's thought about this stuff and I don't know, maybe he does decide like he, you know, is willing to risk that, but I don't know. It's not like there's no guarantee you go somewhere else and it's, it's any better for you. And then he might be looking back in a couple of years and say, you know, I had a pretty good thing going in Portland, even though, you know, we didn't, you know, we weren't, you know, title favorites. Well, that's that's actually the last thing that I wanted to talk about, and it's a perfect segue because um, the part of this that I don't that I don't sense gets talked enough about, especially by like first take voices, mm-hmm. is the role that Dame plays in the difficulties of building around him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a fifty million dollar point guard. He's six one. He's not the best defensive player. Um, incredible offensive player. Right. If not for Curry, would be considered, you know, one of the greatest, should still be totally, considered yeah. the one yeah. of the greatest uh, offensive yeah. point yeah, guards yeah, that yeah. we've ever had. But it is difficult, and especially it's difficult when, you know, uh, Portland moves off of the, the Dame-CJ combination, and then it just so happens that Simon steps up and he's really right. good. But, like, you can't have a Simons next to Dame, and you can't have a CJ next to Dame because there isn't the defensive... Uh, presence mm-hmm. in that backcourt there the scoot and, thing is a little bit less redundant because he's a different type yeah. at least offensively i think because of the size because he's six two i think there's still going to be some defensive issues there if that's the way that they go but he's like a long yeah six two yeah yeah no i've know. seen i've seen him up close at his press conference after like they brought him in for a pre-draft workout that dude is built yeah like he's and six he's foot two but he's bigger. a big dude yeah um, it's, he's like Derek Rosish in yeah, that regard, totally. you know? Um, and, and so I was, but like, I, you know, I'm, I'm listening to all of this and, and like, I'm really happy that you mentioned the lack of patience that other teams have once you leave. If let's say, let's say Dame commits to this, you know, uh, you know, sticks it out. 
with Scoot, and they give it a go. They go out, they get the veterans and stuff, and mm-hmm. it doesn't work out. He is still absolutely beloved, probably even more beloved, for buying into that totally. timeline, right? Yeah. Let's say he goes to Miami. In Miami, it winds up that, like, and by the I mean, way, mathematically speaking. Jimmy's injured all the time. Yeah, well, like, there's that, but like you know, their their run this year was pretty insane. You yeah. know, it, it's 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 not the kind of thing that I would consider particularly sustainable. No. Let's say he goes to Miami, and Jimmy breaks down, and there goes the defensive presence on the perimeter that you need around Dame. Um, you do have Bam, and he's going to help a little bit there, but the patience and the and, and some of the of Dame's warts are going to that's going to be more of the focus. It's like. If he gets traded away from um, Portland to a situation that he considers himself more likely to win in and then doesn't win, then he's what? also more likely to get blamed for stuff. Exactly. Because of he's Portland. the thing that was added that was supposed to take them over the over the over the hump. And, and, and then it's gonna get into and then it's gonna get into these other teams feeling like, oh, he's a small guard who's in his mid thirties making sixty million dollars. We need to, you know, salary dump him and then he might Again, have the Russell Westbrook trajectory where even though, like, in the right situations, he's still, a, you know, for like, I know you have your certain feelings about Russell Westbrook from the way that no. it went with the Lakers, but my favorite player ever. He was good with the Clippers. Like, there's yeah. there are roles in which he could still be a productive player, but that's what he is now. As soon as yeah. Dame gets out of Portland and it doesn't work out in the first place, that's going to be what he is. Honestly, this whole, I, this is a take that I've been kind of like marinating and workshopping. All right. The idea and the concept of Chris Paul on the Warriors is so stupid that it might actually end the player movement era. Because <laughs> that's the one where you yeah. look at it and you're just like, who wanted this? Like, I yeah. Warriors fans that I talk to are, like, not that excited about it. It's not a good on-court fit. He's not the same guy that he was. He's, you know, physically not the same dude that he was. And, you know, you're talking again about a small point guard who's, you know... He's on a team he hates. Making a... (laughs) Right. On a team, you know, like, this is one of those ones where I'm just like, this is the first one that I've really looked at and just been like, what are we doing here? Like, does does anybody like this? Does anybody want this? Like, this is just, this is so stupid. Like, honestly, I kind of think this this is part of, partly the NBA's fault for, like, post-LeBron decision leaning Mm -hmm. so hard into oh trade rumors drive attention and try you know drive you know drive buzz but like this stuff gets old after a while and like there's no there's a lot there's like a diminishing returns on like just it being this constant cycle of like you know oh you know who's the next star that's going to want out i know that there are you know media outlets that i used to write for that that's the only thing that they care about and like as soon as that isn't there to talk about then it's like oh gotta move on to the next thing gotta move on to the next thing and it's just like that that stuff is so like People care more about the transaction stuff than they care about the game. The action. Which, yeah, and I don't, like, I get it, because that stuff is, like, exciting and it's fun to talk about to a degree, but, like, when it gets to a place where, like, Chris Paul gets salary dumped twice in a week and ends up on the Warriors, it's just like, like, does anybody want this? Well, that's that's the, the you know, you mentioned the, the player movement aspect of this, and um, I've long wondered, because, like, the for one thing, it was mislabeled. It was called the player empowerment era, but it wasn't. Like, it was... It was the LeBron the, empowerment the, movement. It was the star <laughs> empowerment era. Like, you, you look at any of his teammates, I don't think Lonzo Ball felt particularly empowered when he no. spent the entirety of that season in, in Anthony Davis' trade rumors. Um, so there was that, but then... You know, what, what players have found out and what stars have found out, LeBron 
most among them, I would argue, because of the way that things went with him pushing for Russell Westbrook and then that blowing up the way that it did, um, is they've realized, oh, shit, with power comes accountability. Yeah. And, and like, a lot of this time, you know, it, it, it doesn't come in the, the accountability of, like, you can't, they aren't going to get fired by the team that employs them. That isn't going to happen. But you are going to get some accountability from fans. And Lakers fans are just like, yeah, we're sick of, we're sick of lead GM. You know, yeah, because LeBron, LeBron and AD were the ones that pushed for the Westbrook trade, and that you you had to trade away KCP and Kuzma, who were two very valuable guys on the team that won yeah. the title, and then they immediately all KCP did is go out and win another championship. Yeah, like those are two guys. Those are two <laughs> yeah. guys that they traded away and weren't really able to replace because LeBron and AD wanted Westbrook, and that was a disaster. Yeah. Like it, right, and, and I and I think this is also like kind of the the spot that Dame finds himself in because he doesn't really want. To like, I think he he he's self aware enough to understand that he doesn't know as much about being a GM as the GM does, and he doesn't know as much about being a coach as the coach does, and so he's yeah. not really interested in saying like you have to go get this guy or I'm out. Like he's never really operated that way. He's kind of starting to put a little bit more pressure on now, just because being the nice guy and you know doing that it that way for his whole career hasn't really worked out. Yeah, but. I think that really just the way that this stuff has kind of has kind of gone or, you know, the Nets letting basically Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving run the whole organization has basically just proven. I mean, it's it's not even just limited to players like shouldn't be, you know, making personnel decisions. You think about for however many years there was that run where the coach, the coach, right? Like Tibbs in Minnesota, Stan Van Gundy in Detroit, Doc Rivers in the, the Clippers. It's two separate jobs that should be done by two separate people. Yes. <laughs> so, like, I think, like, you know, the idea that, like, oh, you know, these teams are so scared of losing LeBron that, like, they're just going to go and trade actual valuable role players for Russell Westbrook just because he and AD are pushing for it. And then how did that work out for them? I kind of, like, honestly, I kind of think that as much as, like, it's been pretty polarizing here since the draft in Portland there were fans who were like mad that they didn't trade the third pick for a star, even though trading the third pick for Brandon Ingram or something, or Jack Levine would Mm -hmm. have been, you know, long-term that's going to set the organization back. And, you know, I actually give Joe Cronin a lot of credit for saying like, no, I have to look out for the best interests of the franchise. I can't, I, you know, I have the opportunity to draft a guy who could be a franchise player and have him for four years on a rookie contract. Like, I'm not going to trade that for like a second tier star just to, you know, give us maybe a little bit more of a shot at you know being a, a six seed with you know a little bit more Dame runway. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like it, it, does, like, it doesn't. It doesn't really. It helps you short term, but long term, you know. And and by the way, like the Lakers found out, it didn't help them short term, and it like crippled them long term. Mm-hmm. You know, they may never have a shot at winning a championship again no. because of how devastating that decision was. And they did get the one with Anthony Davis, though, in the bubble. They, they did. Yeah, they did. They got the um, one. They got the one, so the whole thing was worth it. But also, you know, you look at, you know, the way Anthony Davis is talked about now versus the way Anthony Davis was talked about in New Orleans. Like Same goes for KD. Same yeah, goes for Chris yeah. Paul. Same goes for, like, like how that different whole generation. Do you, how differently do you think Dwight Howard would be viewed by fans if he had stayed in Orlando? Yeah, I mean, how how different do you yeah. think Carmelo Anthony would be viewed by people if he had stayed in Denver? Completely different. Yeah, so I think it's like, <laughs> like it just 
Like it's always not. It's not all like going and like pushing out. Like it's like there are there are times just like where Dirk and Kobe and yeah. Steph and those guys. Like you know those and that's that I think is the aspect of this that like I think Tim people Duncan, tend those... to ignore. Yeah, tend to ignore with Dame is like this is what he gives up here, and and like as 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 fun as it was to watch Miami these playoffs. I would still, even with them on that team, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick them to win the championship next Over year. I still don't Boston think they're better than Milwaukee. Yeah, or, yeah. <clears throat> I, they, they aren't better than Denver, you know. No. And and so like, if if Dame leaves and trades away the way that Kobe was looked at, the way that Tim was looked at, the way that Steph and the way that Dirk are looked at, um, you know, and then doesn't win, that's something that like. He then has to live with the people who were pushing him out of de- out of Portland don't have to. No. The people who are like you know it's saying like yeah just just move on or whatever, um, and that's the thing that I've always tried to stress. It's like I have never, from my perspective, said I want Dame out of Portland. I've only said I want a resolution. Just like I think you you, you know. Just one way or the other. Yeah, let's all I'm make just, a decision. Let's and that's all just out of my it. own. Let's all move forward. That's just out of my own. I mean, it's his, it's his life and his career. He can do whatever he wants, but. This is just out of my own just annoyance with, you know, All the team <laughs> The team that I cover. And, like, I put a lot of work into covering, you know, a lot of different aspects of the team. I am not a Damian Lillard beat writer. I am a Portland Trailblazers beat writer. And I just feel like, yeah. you know, there's other stuff I want to do. There's other stories I want to write. There's other guys I want to kind of focus on. I'm happy, you know, the way mm-hmm. that – and I think the way that I, you know – I and you know I think most people around the Blazers or at least among like fans that I talk to feel like is you know if Dame wants to still be on board with this and do you know be you know the the veteran with like Shaden Sharp and Scoot Henderson if he wants to be a part of that great if he wants to go somewhere else cool yeah and that's so fascinating that we've arrived there with with Dame yeah um this has been a blast like you mentioned you do cover the Portland Trail Blazers um at the uh, Rose Garden Report Yes. Uh, newsletter. Um, really, really well. I myself am, subs- uh, am subscribed. It's really good stuff. Um, thank you very much, Sean, for hopping on. Uh, and I'll see you in a couple weeks in Vegas. Yeah, yeah I'll see you in, at Summer League, man. It's always fun to talk to you. Thank you very much. <laughs>